Welcome to the Pastor Philip Butcher Podcast. Pastor Philip is an anointed teacher of the word and a healing evangelist. He's a pastor and founder of Livingstone's Family Church, a vibrant church transforming the lives of many people across the world. Be blessed as you listen to this message. Father, speak to us. Minister to us, O God. Lord, heal us. Let your word bring healing. Let your word be like rain upon the grass. Let your word be like dew to us. In the name of Jesus. Anoint us. Anoint us. Speak to us. Oh God. Confirm your word with signs and wonders. And diverse miracles and gifts of your spirit. In Jesus name I will pray. And all the saints shall say amen. Somebody give the Lord a mighty shout. You want to take your seats in heavenly places. Amen. Tell someone. Tell the person you are looking good. Tell another person you are looking glorious. Amen. Once again you are welcome into the house of the Lord. Like the Bible tells us that this is the day that the Lord has made, and what do we have to do? We have to be, we have to rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. And so I want all of us to rejoice in this day. I want all of us to be glad in this day, particularly because we have gathered in the presence of God. The Bible tells us that in His presence there is fullness of joy, and at His right hand there are what pleasures forevermore. So as you have come into God's presence, I pray that you experience fullness of joy in the name of Jesus. Oh, may you experience fullness of joy in Jesus' name. May you experience the pleasures of the Lord in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. How many of you are ready for today? Today, may God speak to you in Jesus' name. May your eyes be open to understand in Jesus' name. Receive illumination in the name of Jesus. May the word of God be like fire to you in the name of Jesus. May the word of God bring the waters of the spirit to you in Jesus' name. May the word of God bring healing and deliverance and restoration to you in Jesus' mighty name. And all the saints shall say, Amen. Amen. All right, we are going into the word of God. Today, God has a good word, a great word for us. God has a word that will transform us. And I want you to open up your heart and open up your spirit to receive the word that God has for you today. Amen. This word is fresh from the oven. Oh, I didn't, I didn't get that. I said, this word is like fresh bread from the oven. How many of you like fresh bread from the oven? Wow. Fresh bread from the oven. <laughs> it's, it's hot. You can smell it. You know, it is hot. You can, you can smell the fresh bread, the freshness. And, and it is also soft. When you touch it, it's soft. And when you put the margin inside, the margin will melt. Oh my God. Hallelujah. That is how the word of God is going to be to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, I want to, God wants to speak to us and minister to us about something that I believe will change our lives. It will give us the right perspective, the right mindset about life. Amen. It will give us a certain mindset that will help us to succeed. I believe that God desires us to prosper. God himself said it in his word in the book of Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. He said that this book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt prosper, and thou shalt have what good success. So for each and every one of us that are seated over here, for each and every one of us that you are listening to me, online, wherever. I want you to know something that God wants you to prosper and God wants you to have good success. Amen. I want you to say after me, say, I prosper. Say, I have good success. So God is interested in you prospering spiritually. God is interested in you prospering financially. God is interested in you prospering in your career, in your relationships, in your marriage, in your business. As a student, God wants you to prosper. In your organization, God wants you to prosper. In, your, in, in everything that you do, in your relationships, your relationships with your mentors, your relationships with your bosses, your supervisors, your relationship with your siblings, relationships with those, uh, your employees, your direct reports, your younger siblings, your children, God wants you to prosper. In, it, in your relationship with your beloveds, your relationship with your spouses, God wants you to prosper in it. Amen. Amen. So God wants us to have all-round success. And I want you to know that the way by which you can have all-round success is in the word of God. When you take your time to study God's word, you realize that God's word touches about everything. Amen. 
And today, God is going to speak to us and minister to us some things that will help us to have a proper mindset, a proper mindset for, for us to have good success in all that we do. And I pray that you receive the spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding in Jesus' name. I pray that you are able to, by the spirit of wisdom, you are able to see how to apply this word in every area of your life. What I want to minister to us, and I believe I started, I touched on it last two weeks. Last week we had God's servant, Dr. Cohen, ministering to us. Last two weeks I touched on it, and I'm going to continue today. It's about little things. Little things. Somebody say little things. All of us that are over here, there are times that we, and it's because it's part of man, we tend to look at, or we tend to focus on the big things. We tend to look at the big things in the sense that all of us that are seated over here, you are possibly waiting for or believing God for 100,000 Ghana cities. Isn't it? Because 100,000 Ghana cities is a lot. But you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised to note that, know that the two Ghana city, one Ghana city, five Ghana city, 10 Ghana city, 20 Ghana city, even 50 Ghana city that have been coming your way that you have been despising or not taking much note of. If you are to add all that two Ghana, one Ghana, 50 pesos, 10 Ghana, 20 Ghana cities that passes your way that you take for granted. If you are to add it all through the year, you'll be surprised that it will come to 100,000 Ghana cities. Who, who believes what I'm saying? So you realize that the blessing came to you. The big thing came to you, but the truth of the matter is that big things don't always come to us in a big way many times they come to us in small ways and because they come to us in small ways and there's a human tendency of despising those small things people miss out on their blessing people do what they miss out on their blessing i'm going to be talking with us about certain small things that we have to take note of because those small things or those little things they have great effects or they have they are able to bring about great results and I'm going to share them with us so that we begin to now take note of those little things. We begin to now take note of those little things and act upon those little things so that we can get great results. How many of you want great results? Each and every one of us will want great results. Hallelujah. I pray that may you have great results in Jesus' name. I pray that may God give you the grace to be mindful of little things in Jesus' name. You know, I, I think I shared it on a midweek service that there's a man of, there's a man, he's not a man of God, but he's a businessman by the name of Richard Branson. How many of you know Richard Branson? Richard Branson is the founder of the Virgin Group of Companies. He has a lot of, he's a multi-billionaire. He's a, and he actually owns his own island. He lives on an island. You know, it's called Neca Island. He bought the island. He lives on that island. You know. And uh, Richard Branson has, one of his companies is uh, Virgin Galactic. Virgin Galactic is involved in um, sending people uh, is involved in space tourism so he wants to you know about during the lockdown they, they had a test drive to space those are the things that he's involved in now Richard Branson when he was a young boy he came across a book he has a lot of companies he came across a book the title of the book is small is beautiful small is beautiful and when he came across that book and he read that book, it made, it, it made him, it was because of that, that book influenced him to actually set up a lot of companies. So he set up a lot of small, 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 small companies. And when he set up all those small, so he, he entered into a lot of business. It was a small, to be a small business, you start another small business, small business, small business. Based on the information he got from that book, Small is Beautiful. Do you know what? Eventually or over years, all those small, small businesses that he started, they have all now become big businesses. <laughs> they have all now become big businesses. So like I said, you can talk about Virgin Galactic. Recently, they had a Virgin Hotels. So many, if you go online, you see so many um, companies under the Virgin Group. And he set out because of that book that he read, Small is Beautiful. And I believe that that book is scriptural or that book, it's copied, it borrowed things from scripture. Amen. And I'm going to show us a number of things that are small, but we shouldn't take for granted. Because when we are able to act on them, we can 
eventually experience greatness. And that is why the Bible teaches us in so many places. The Bible teaches us that don't despise small things. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Because the Bible knows that small things will eventually become big. Hallelujah. Somebody give the Lord a clap, offering. How many of you are ready? Um, a certain a certain is but you let, let me say it. you know recently my mind went to visit somebody and the person the person's leg has been amputated the person's leg has been amputated now you know how it happened i'll show you how it happened so that you appreciate that small is powerful both positive and negative the person the way it, it started was that the person got down from the car and when the person got down from the car the toe hit a stone it was not even the big toe it was one of the smaller toes the toe hit the stone and the person was like Ajish! and then you know it became like a saw uh, massaging the saw using hot water on the saw applying some things on the small saw you know like that like that like that like that the saw became serious it became serious it became serious it became serious now the person's leg is amputated a small a small stone a small saw has resulted in the person's leg being amputated don't take small things for granted though. <laughs> are you with me don't take small things for granted and that's what i'm going to be sharing with us the first thing first example i'm going to give us let's turn about the book of second kings 5 verse 3 to 4 2 Kings 5, verse 3 to 4. Maybe let's read from verse 1. If you can give me the New Living Translation. 2 Kings 5, uh, from verse 1 to 4. Hallelujah. I'll read it quickly, then I'll give us the whole story. The Bible says that the king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given, given Aram, Aram was a, the city, through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, the Bible says that word, he suffered from leprosy. He suffered from leprosy. Next verse. At this time, Arabian raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. Naaman's wife as a maid. Verse 3. One day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. Verse 4. So Naaman told the king what the young girl from Israel had said. Hallelujah. Now, all of us may know the story, isn't it? So if you don't know, let me just give you a quick, quick background of the story. Now, so what happened was that um, the, the, the servant girl, you know, Naaman had gone to capture one of the cities of Israel and they had gotten a servant girl from there. And then the Naaman, a great military general who had a lot of lands, he, he, the king liked him, he had a lot of wealth and all that. He, he suffered from leprosy. And so one, the servant girl went like, um, my master, I know her, she knows a prophet, the prophet in Samaria, that the, the, who can heal Naaman, the military general, of his leprosy. So interestingly, I, I think I like something about Naaman, and we are going to learn from that. Naaman went to the king and told the king that, um, this is what my servant girl says. Please give me a letter to take to the king of Samaria that I want to meet the prophet. Event, to cut the long story short, he went to meet the prophet. The prophet told him that he should go and dip seven times in the river Jordan and he'll be healed. Initially, he was reluctant, but his servants and his, his soldiers advised him. And he went to do it. And on the seventh count, when he dipped himself in the water the seventh time, the river Jordan the seventh time, he was healed of his leprosy. Amen. Now, let's look at it. The lesson I want to teach us from this is that the person, it's true that the prophet who worked the miracle, but actually, the person that really helped Naaman was that young servant girl that young servant girl number one she was a young girl she was a little girl and she was a servant and she was able to give advice to her master her master from what we read her master was somebody that was a great military general her master had won many military battles for the king the master had won so many battles that the king liked him isn't it Naaman, he had a lot of lands because of his military conquest. Naaman, he had a lot of wealth. He had a lot of money because of his military conquest. Yet still, he had leprosy. And do you know what had happened? He had gone to all the best hospitals and they had not been able to help him of his leprosy. He had gone to all the, he had gone to all the hospitals in Germany. They couldn't help him. He had gone to all the hospitals in India. They couldn't help him. 
He had gone to all the hospitals in UK. They couldn't help him. He had gone to um, Samira's hospital, um, rich, rich hospital. They couldn't help him. <laughs> he had Kolebu couldn't help him. Nyaho couldn't help him. Akai Clinic couldn't help him. What other hospital? Thirty-seven <laughs> couldn't help him. Oh. <laughs> all the hospitals couldn't help him. He had tried all the herbal products. They couldn't help him. So he had given up and he had told himself that, well, he'll just live with the leprosy. But there comes a servant girl. There comes a young girl, a little girl. Maybe she, maybe probably she was not above 12. Servant girl, she was a maid and she gave an advice to him. And it was through the maid that Naaman eventually got healed of his leprosy. Isn't that interesting? And so the lesson that we need to learn from that is that let us not take for granted little people. or Let, let us not take for granted young people. Let us not take for granted the people that we are older than. Let us not take for granted the people that we are ahead of. It is very easy. Now, all of us over here, let, let me show you, many of us, our possible response, if we were the military general Naaman, and the young servant girl had come and said that, oh, uh, this and this and this, our possible response would have been that we would have slapped her. Kwasia <laughs> gabena when in my hospitals, I'm called doctors, I'm who I want to be yes, you where did ten now over over catch him in the amen yeah isn't that what a lot of people would have behaved? That went from this girl. How dare she even come and advise me? <laughs> because even in our culture, there are certain things you have to keep quiet. Your master has leprosy. You are going to talk about it. <laughs> How dare you? You get me? And if she had even said the crowd, nobody would have minded her. Because servant girl, you are coming to give advice. But it's so interesting that Naaman was able to listen to the servant girl. And not only that, Naaman went to the king to tell the king that this is what my servant girl is saying. So please give me a letter to send to the king of Samaria so that I can see the prophet. Amazing. Will you act, will you, all of you that you are over here, would you, if, 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 if the, if maybe those of you are working in organizations or companies, if the, if the, if the security man or the cleaner comes to give you an advice, would you, or give you that, oh, say, I think that in order for us to increase our sales by 200%, we can do this. We you go and tell your manager that I say, I just spoke to the, the security man, the house help, the cleaner and all that, and he has, she has given or he has given some good advice that if we are able to do this, we can increase our sales by 200%. I think it's a good idea. Let us do it. <laughs> will, will, you, will you send such an advice to your boss? But you know why we will not do that? Because we take for granted little things. So we need discernment to be able to know that mm, there are times that, I'm not saying always you have to listen to young people and other, but brothers and sisters, there are times that you have to listen to young people. There are times that for, for, for business managers, there are times that you have to listen to your employees. There are times that you have to listen to your younger siblings. Those of you who have children, there are times you have to listen to your... Those of you who have... There are times as a parent, you have to listen to your children. Because sometimes your children can give you some advice. That's to work. And when you look at it, like I was saying, Naaman had tried everything, but he couldn't be healed of his leprosy. And this was somebody who had a lot of money. The servant girl didn't have all that money. The servant girl didn't have the military experience he had. The servant girl had not fought, had not beaten anybody. But he had fought and won and beaten armies. Yet still, the little servant girl could give Naaman an advice. And Naaman was wise enough and discerning to notice that, mm, let me listen to this advice. And as he listened to the advice, it brought him a great result. It brought him complete, total healing from a disease that he had gone to the best hospitals to, to be treated, but he could not be treated. Brothers and sisters, it is very possible that the answer to that bugging question of yours is around you. <laughs> I want to take that again. Brothers and sisters, it is very possible that the 
answer to that bugging question, the answer to that predicament, the answer to that challenge is around you. And maybe it is packaged in a young little child. Maybe it is packaged in your employee. Maybe it is packaged in your child. Maybe it is packaged in somebody who, you are, who is a junior to you. Are you ready to be humble and listen to that person? Because when you listen to that person, you may get that breakthrough. Is somebody ready to receive breakthrough? Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive your breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Proverbs 18 verse 21. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21. The Bible says that the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk or those who love to use their tongue, they will know how to reap the benefits in the power of the tongue. Hallelujah. When you go to the book of James, the book of James also says the same thing. The book of James says that the tongue is a small member of the body. Isn't the tongue a small part of the body? The tongue is a small part of the body. But the truth of the matter is that even though it's a small part of the body, the tongue has a lot of power. The tongue, you see, this tongue has been the, has, has been the result of the collapse of marriages. You know, be so. Do you know that this tongue has caused wars? Plenty wars, isn't it? Just this tongue has caused a lot of wars. This tongue has caused a collapse of companies. This tongue has caused the downfall of many people. This tongue has also caused the rising of many people. Amen. It shows you the power in this tongue. But when we are, when we are thinking of important parts of the body, important organs of the body, we don't think of the tongue. You think of the heart. You think of the brain. You think of the, um, the various organs like maybe the liver. You think of the kidney. Isn't it? But you don't think of the tongue. But look at what the Bible is saying. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. That means that this small part of, this small member of your body, this small part of the body, it can actually kill and it can make alive. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters, that your life is as a result of the words that you have spoken concerning yourself. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 that through faith we understand, maybe projected from me, Hebrews 11 verse, verse 3. Hebrews 11 verse 3 says that through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. By faith we understand that, the, if you can give me King James, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word, the word of God. What is it teaching us? It's teaching us something very important. That the world, this world belongs to God, isn't it? And how did God create his world? God created his world by speaking. God created his world by his words. So we know God said, let there be light and light came. Let the plants come, the plants came. Let the sun and moon appear and the sun and the moon and the stars appear. So God created his world by his words, his words. Can I tell you something? You also create your world by your words. You are creating your world by your words. And so when people go like things are hard, things are hard, they don't realize that as they are saying it, they are creating their own world. All of us, we are in the nation Ghana, but and things are, we all acknowledge that things are difficult in the nation Ghana. The economy is difficult. It's hard. But can I tell you some people are also enjoying in this hard economy. Amen. The past three weeks, by the grace of God, I've been filling my tank. So sometimes when I when I feel it, sometimes when I feel like that, then I want to take a picture and post it that you see, people have been talking that uh, people have been parking their cars because of fuel prices. People have been talking that the economy is difficult, they can't even buy one gallon. All right, me I they fill my tank. <laughs> One day I filled my tank so much it overflowed. I was now smelling petrol that the petrol was overflowing. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so what are you saying? If you truly say the economy hard, but there are some people that are saying, irrespective of the economy, I'm blessed. Irrespective of the economy, I'm prosperous. Irrespective of the economy, all my needs are met. My God is supplying my every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Irrespective of the economy, things are working out for my good. Irrespective of the economy, I'm buying new clothes to the glory of God. I'm dressing my best. Yeah, it's not because of the economy, so they can't, they can't, they can't dress, start their dress. No. No, 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 no. But it's a matter of what you are saying. Because the Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Are you creating life with your tongue or you are speaking words of death? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So what you say is powerful. And the truth of the matter is that where people are right now, for if you, if you look at it, eh, the outcome of your life right now, just take a moment and look back at the things that you were saying. The, the things that you were thinking and the things that you were saying. And you realize that your thinking and your words have actually created your present situation. Amen. Hallelujah. But what does it teach us? It teaches us also that this little tongue, this little member of the body, you can use it to also create your future by speaking the right words. So no matter what your present is, don't look at your present begin to look at the future and begin to use your tongue to create your future begin to use your tongue like the bible says that death and life are in the power of what of the tongue and so they that like to talk or they that know how to use their tongue will reap the consequences whether it's death or it's life i pray that you use your tongue to speak positive in jesus name hallelujah and that's why the bible tells us that when men say there's a casting down when the Bible says that when men are, look, this is what the Bible said. The Bible says that when men are cast down, you will say that you are lifted up. So men, when men are cast down, that means that physically that is what is happening. That's the situation that men are cast down. But you, what would you say? Maybe you too you have been cast down, but what you have to do is that you have to say, I am lifted up. So when men are saying that Charlie, then don't get money. That's why I've always been telling you, don't join people to talk, talk negative things, Charlie. People go like Charlie. Charlie Charlie, bro, how be Charlie? I, I, I day. Charlie, how you day? Charlie, just day. Charlie, nothing better in day. Nothing better. Sure, you they talk nothing better, nothing better. It go no, it no go better too. It no go better. As you they talk nothing better, no, it no go better. You see, but when they are Charlie, 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 bro, how be Charlie? Life they be give me pass. Hey, <laughs> can you give somebody such an answer? When somebody called Charlie, how be Charlie? Life they be Charlie. This is my best year, Charlie. Charlie, the way right now they get money, Charlie. No, Charlie, myself a shock. Charlie, the money plenty, the money plenty, the money plenty. This is the best day, Charlie. Make I come call us out, Charlie. And now the thing, they bank inside, so you can make. <laughs> if I make ready, I go jail. If I make ready, I go. <laughs> the money plenty. Amen. Are you enjoying the message? I'm showing you the pathway to success. Don't be following people. They say haircut, haircut. Then they, they've shown that they have cut their hair. Sure. Haircut, haircut. I didn't know. We are still blessed. Say, I'm blessed. In this economy, I'm blessed. I prosper in this economy. I'm doing well in this economy. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap of him. Revelation 10 verse 10 to 11. Revelation 10 verse 10 to 11. The Bible tells us, this was a John, Apostle John. He says that, he says, I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was, was bitter. And he said unto me, verse, verse 11, and he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Amen. Look at what happened. Go back to verse 10. The, the apostle John, in the visions of the Lord, 
this was like a trance. It was happening physically. It was spiritual, but happening physically. He saw the Bible says he saw an angel. It was a huge, mighty angel. The angel had one. If you read the verses before, that's what what it says. The angel had one leg on the waters, and it had one leg on the land. A huge, tall angel, and the angel had in their hand a little book. Someone say a little book, and the angel beckoned to John to come and take that little book, and that's what happened. So John went to the angel. That one leg was on the land, was one leg was on the sea, with the little book in the hand. And John took the little book from the angel's hand, and he ate it. And when after John had eaten that little book, verse eleven, the Bible said that that little book contained prophecies that John was to speak to what to many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. But look at it; it was a little book. Sounds like a little book. A little book. <laughs> a little book. What does it mean? What it means is that, brothers, you every day just decide to read a little of God's word. You'll be surprised at the great impact and change and transformation that will come into your life. Just decide to read a little, just maybe just read one chapter. If you can push it further, you go two chapters. But at all costs, make sure that you are reading something a day. Make sure you are taking something little a day. Because when you look at it, all of us that we have grown over here, do you know that our growth has not been because of the because of a lot of food we, we've, we've been eating. Your growth and my growth has been due to little food you have been eating. Because when you eat heavy, it comes out. A lot of it comes out. Do you know that? In other words, a lot is waste. All you need is a little. You 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 just need half half bowl of cake. <laughs> half bowl of cake is okay. Just two scoops of rice is okay. <laughs> That's all you need. But we have a nurse here, isn't it? <laughs> just two sco- just two spoons of rice. It's enough. Just half slice of egg. Boiled egg is enough. <laughs> you, you, don't need, you don't need a lot of food. If you just, but if you just eat that little consistently, you grow. You grow. You grow. Hallelujah. So the Bible says that the prophet, the prophet took what? The little book. Someone say a little book. Sometimes a lot of people are scared with reading big books. But sometimes I, I can encourage you, sometimes just take a little book. Just take a little book and read. I told you that Richard Branson came across the book Small is Beautiful. It was the title of the book is Small is Beautiful. And it was a small book. <laughs> Amen. Amen. A little book. Just read one chapter and you'll be amazed at the change and outcome. The great effects. You see that just with one chapter reading, you'll be prophesying to nations. You'll be prophesying to kings. Is somebody ready to prophesy to nations and kings? And listen, don't take this thing for granted. When you prophesy to kings, let me tell you something, they'll give you their reward. If you, if you have read the book of Daniel, what does it say? When, when Daniel interpreted um, the book of Nazar's dream, read the Bible, the book of Nazar gave him a lot of properties. And the book of Nazar made him the, the, the number, after the, the next in command in his empire. And it came with promotion, it came with money, it came with wealth, it came with a lot of things. So if you are able to read a little book and prophesy, you see that you'll be great. Amen. The same with when it was um, uh, the person, the, the writing on the wall. He's, the, the, I've forgotten his name. Belshazzar. Belshazzar. You know what he said to Daniel? He said, Daniel, if you're able to read it, I'll give you the cha- a chain. I'll give you a ring. I'll do this. And Daniel was like, sir, I'll, I'll give you the interpretation, but you can keep all those things to yourself. Or give it to somebody else. <laughs> Amen. Some people I know do collect this. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is that don't take the little book for granted. Because when you read that little book, when you read that chapter, and after that you go and prophesy to kings, you receive the reward of kings. Is anyone here ready to receive the reward of kings? I see you receiving the reward of kings in Jesus' name.
but to receive the reward of kings, you must be ready for the little book. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap of faith. How many of you are being blessed? How many of you are receiving insights that will make you a success? So I've shown you that, number one, don't take for granted young people or little people or people you are ahead of. Don't take for granted your juniors. Don't take for granted your children. Don't take for granted your employees. Don't take them for granted because sometimes they will be the pathway to your, the access route, the path to your miracle. Hallelujah. And then I also showed you that what um, your words are important and powerful. The tongue, although it's a small member of the body, it is powerful. So don't take your tongue for granted and don't take your words for granted. And let me tell you something. You have to speak positive because, you see, if you don't speak positive, it's just like a farm. In a farm, if you don't plant seeds, by all means, wheat will grow, isn't it? So if you are not speaking positive, don't, don't think that, oh, somebody may go like, oh, the person is not speaking negative things. The person is also not speaking positive. The fact that you have not, plant, the fact that you have not planted is even a seed. Nothing is a seed that guarantees a harvest of nothing. Doing nothing is a seed that guarantees a harvest of nothing. Rather, it even guarantees a harvest of weeds. So doing nothing actually takes a person backwards. So you have to plant good seeds. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a clap of him. Now, I want to show us some little things also that have great negative effects. Some little things that have great what? Negative effects. Let's turn about the book of Proverbs chapter 6 verse 10 to 11. So I've shown you some positive, little positive things that have great results, great positive results. I want to show us little negative things that have great negative results. All right. Look at what it says. Let's all read it together. Ready, go. Verse 11. I like the NLT. Let's, let's go back to verse 10. It says that, Proverbs 6 verse 10 says that, a little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little, you see, a little, a little folding of the hands to rest. Verse 11. When that, it says that, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. You know who, who, who a bandit is? Bandits are like also like armed robbers, mercenaries. Poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. See that scarcity will attack that person like an armed robber. You know, armed robbers don't give people a hint that they are coming. They appear all of a sudden. And that is what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying that what? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And the result is that poverty will pounce. Look how it will pounce on the person. When you say pouncing, it, it brings to mind a lion that has timed the antelope. And the antelope is not aware that the lion is, is lying in the grass. And the antelope is just there enjoying himself and, and singing and having a good time. And then all of a sudden, the lion pounces on the antelope. So when we talk about use the word pounce, it gives the impression of taking the prey by surprise. Isn't it? You pounce on the prey to take the prey by surprise. So the prey didn't see the, the predator coming. But by the time the prey realized it had become, it had been eaten. <laughs> by the time the prey turned to even cry and shout, no, they have eaten the prey. <laughs> but what but what's the result? A little sleep. A little slap. And I'll explain to you what that little sleep is. Let me tell you something. There's, there's nothing wrong with sleeping. Jesus rested. Jesus slept. But there's everything wrong with a little sleep. And I'll show you there's everything wrong with a little sleep. Like I told you, there's power in little. You get what I'm saying? Don't lose focus of my message. The premise of my message is that there's a lot of power in little things. But we can take for granted little things. As humans, we can take for granted little things with the result that those little things have great effects. 
either positive or negative. So I'm sharing this message with you so that you now no longer take for granted little things. And we are seeing that one of the things, little things that people can take for granted is sleep. But the scripture has been explicit in telling us that a little sleep will cause bandits and armed robbers to pounce on that person that is taking the little sleep. And I'll show you what that little sleep is. It's not plenty sleep. It's a little sleep. I'll show you. Are you ready to know what that little sleep is? Are you ready to, sh- to know that little sleep that will bring that brings poverty to people? It is not a lot of sleep. Oh. It is a little sleep. A lot of sleep is good. Like average sleep is good. It's okay. The danger is the little sleep. And I'll show you. When you go to bed at 10 p.m. Or I'm sure it's by 11 p.m. When you go to bed at 11 p.m. And you wake up at 5 a.m. How many hours of sleep is that? Six hours of sleep. That's 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. Or even, let's say, 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. That's, that's how many? Seven hours of sleep. When you sleep for seven hours, from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m., it is okay. There's nothing wrong with it. But when your eyes open at 5 a.m., and you tell yourself that, let me sleep a, a little 30 more minutes. <laughs> When, when you wake up at 5am and you tell yourself that let me get a little extra sleep of 15 minutes a little extra sleep of 30 minutes let me tell you something my brother my sister that that little 15 minutes extra sleep you want to get to is what brings the poverty not the 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. or 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. sleep that you slept to. Not the seven hours sleep that you slept to. That one is okay. You needed it for your body to rest and recover and rejuvenate. But that 15 minutes extra that you said that you want to sleep for 15 minutes extra. That 30 minutes extra sleep. Today like this, I think it rained. So the weather was cold. So people's eyes opened at 4 a.m. and 5 a.m. But they said to themselves, let me enjoy a little more sleep. As they wanted to enjoy a little more sleep. As they wanted to enjoy a little more sleep. Do you know what was happening? Poverty was pouncing. (laughs) Oh, just a little. Give me that scripture again. I'm not the one saying it to look at what he said. He said a little extra sleep. And look at it. Those were the same words you used. Were those not the same words you used? That let me get a little extra sleep. A little more sleep. A little folding of their hands to rest. Let me sleep and rest a little more. I'm telling you something. That it looks little. But that is the one that makes people poor. It looks little, but those people that they sleep a little more, poverty pounces on them, and and they are surprised because it's a pouncing. <laughs> they are surprised. By the time they say Jack, they have entered poverty. Poverty has swallowed them. May you not be swallowed by poverty in Jesus' name. <laughs> I see you escaping poverty in Jesus' name. Receive grace to overcome a little extra sleep. Receive grace to overcome a little more slumber. A little folding of the hands. Receive the grace to overcome it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a clap of faith. A little. A little extra sleep. Very dangerous. Like I've told you, sleep all you can from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m., 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. You can even make it 9, you can even go to bed at 9 p.m. and wake up at 5 a.m. You can even go to bed at 8 8 p.m. and wake up at 5 a.m. There's nothing wrong with that. But after you have opened your eyes and you say to yourself that you want a little extra sleep after the 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. sleep, Don't 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's look at another little thing that is dangerous. Song of Songs 2 verse 15. Song of Songs chapter 2 verse 15. It says that, Catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love, for the grapevines are blossoming. Let's all read it together. Ready, go. All right, look at this scripture. We know the book of Song of Songs is about love, isn't it? And it's telling, and um, it's about love. So the scripture is saying that many times the things that spoil relationships, spoil marriages, spoil relationships, are not the big things. They are the little things. Now look at what the scripture is saying. Look at what it's saying. He's saying that catch all the foxes, those little foxes, He's telling us that number one, we have so in other words, there are big foxes and little foxes. You know, be so. And the writer first starts by saying that catch all the foxes, and then he now goes to emphasize on you catch all the foxes, but there are some particular foxes that at all cost make sure you catch them, and those are the little foxes because it's just like. Um, if we go like you are writing an exam and when I write an exam maybe let's say answer question one and any other two isn't it usually question one carries a lot of marks so you are supposed to answer the, answer all the three questions in all but particularly question one because that one is major and it's such that even if all the time you just answer question one and you are not able to answer question two and three it's possible if you answer question one well you pass isn't it you, you pass slimly, but you pass. But also, if you answer question two and three and don't answer question one, what will happen to you? You fail. Uh, it be so. You fail. So, there's a certain priority given to question one. And so that's what the, the, the scripture is saying that, Master, you have to catch all the foxes. But you, even if time does not allow you to catch all the foxes, the little ones there, catch them. And the reason he's saying that is because all of us, like I'm saying again, we have the tendency of focusing on the big. So it's possible that people will focus on catching the big foxes because they think that the big foxes are the ones that will cause a lot of damage. But the truth of the matter, the little foxes will cause more damage than the big foxes. And that is because all of us are on the lookout for the big foxes. All of us want to catch the, the big foxes. And sometimes we take for granted the little foxes. We think that the little foxes cannot do any harm, cannot do any danger. But God is telling us in his word that the little foxes, they are the ones that can ruin the vineyard of love. They are the ones that can actually ruin the vineyard of love. Is anybody here in love? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is as a are you in love? Yeah. Uh, ask somebody, are you in love? Yeah. Ask somebody, is, is your is your heart beating with love? Amen. Amen. Then this scripture is for you. That, that what you have to do, you have to catch the little foxes. Have you ever counseled people? It could be mar- in, in marriage or in a relationship, and they are they are having issues and all. And okay, maybe because I'm a pastor, I explain. But have you ever explained? You, you, you sit down to listen to people who are having issues in their relationship, and you sit down, you listen, listen, listen to both sides, and you realize that it's not an issue. How many of you have realized it? Sometimes you realize that it's not an issue. You are thinking that it's not an issue. It's a little fox. 
it looks like it's not an issue because it's a little fox but that little fox is the one that is ruining the vineyard of love it's not a big issue it's a little issue so they they took the little issue for granted and so in taking the little issue for granted no, that little issue is what is ruining their relationship Do you like the message? There are some people that they, they may be fired from their jobs not because of big things they've done. Little things. <laughs> because of little things. Amen. But how many of you, just look at it, how many of you realize that sometimes eh, at your workplace or some, some in your school and things, Sometimes some people bore you, but the thing that they bore you is just something small. Have you noticed? But then they bore, and that alone can cause them to lose favor with you. Isn't it? Something little. You know, when you analyze something little, but still that little thing is making you bore them. Sometimes the way the person works, can't they bore you? The person's working style, they bore you. So when you're there, you see the person kind of challenge master, master, this guy. This guy for life. Little foxes. Little foxes. So what we have to realize is that little foxes can be more destructive than the big foxes. They can be more destructive than the big foxes. So we should be able to identify and catch the little foxes. That's what he said. He said, I will catch the foxes. Particularly those little foxes. I want to ask you a question. In your, that's why I said that this thing I'm teaching you, you can apply it in every area of your life. In your relationship with your boss, are there some little foxes you have to catch? You have to be able to identify some little foxes and catch them because they could be ruining some things. In your relationships, at your workplace, catch the little foxes. Amen. And you know what happens? The little foxes, they come in the season of blossoming. Look at what it says. It says that for the grapevines are blossoming. The time that the little foxes appear is when things are about to work out well. So you see that two people are in a business, business partnership and all. The time that they are about to make profits, that's when the little foxes come in and arguments start. When they started the, the business and there was no money, they were, their relationship was good, everything was working well. But just when money is about to come, arguments, small, small arguments come in. You see two people in a relationship, they are doing fine and all. When they are about to marry, <laughs> when things are about to blossom, then now you see little quarrels. Raise <laughs> that issue. <laughs> you see little quarrels. It's the little foxes. They come at the time of blossoming. They come when things are ready. They come when things are ripe. They, want, they come when the Abenquan is ready. That is when they appear. But you must be able to identify them and catch them so that you can enjoy your Abenquan. May you enjoy your Abenquan in Jesus' name. Amen. I see somebody enjoying his Omutu in Jesus' name. Amen. I see somebody enjoying his Tizets. Somebody is catching the little foxes. And enjoying um, her fried rice with shredded beef sauce. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Give the Lord a clap of him. <laughs> Amen. I want to give you the last thing that we need to be careful of. Proverbs 30 verse 28. Proverbs 30 verse 28. Let's all read it together. Ready, go. Give me a message translation also. Let's all read message together. Ready, go. Lizards, easy enough to catch, but they sleep past vigilance by 
Now look at it. Lizards are little creatures, isn't it? You know be so. They are little creatures. Now, in they being little, the Bible is telling us that they are little but dangerous. And look at the, the scenario that the scriptures is giving us. The scripture is giving us vigilant palace guards. We all know that palace guards are the best and they are always alert. And like the scripture has even uh, given them an adjective, vigilant. Isn't it? So imagine the palace guards, they are, they are all standing around the palace, all the rooms of the palace, they all have their, is it their walkie-talkies and everything. They are wearing their dark glasses, they pay mood, they are, they, are straight, they, are, they are watching around. Do you know that the palace guards, they are so vigilant that a well-trained Japanese assassin cannot penetrate them and go and kill the king. Do you know that? A well-trained Japanese assassin, samurai, that can even disappear. He will do some smoke and he will vanish. <laughs> or oh, isn't that it? The ninjas, they'll do some smoke, then they'll vanish, then they'll appear somewhere. Even they, they can't get past the vigilant palace guards and enter the king's room and kill him. But the lizards, <laughs> the lizards are able to sneak past the vigilant palace guards. They're able to sneak past them. So the vigilant palace guards are there, they are standing, they are watching around, but shoo, 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 no. the, the, lizard, the lizard has entered the, the king's palace, the king's bedroom. The lizard, as soon as the lizard enters the king's bedroom, then the lizard will turn into a man with a dagger. <laughs> Am I lying? <laughs> Isn't that the truth? That's what happens. <clears throat> because the lizard is little. And look at what he's saying. The Bible even said that the lizard, eh, it is easy enough to catch. You can easily catch the lizard. But the lizard is so little that it can sneak past the vigilant palace guards and enter the room of the king to kill the king. I want to ask you a question. Are there some lizards that have sneaked into your life? about it are there some lizards that have sneaked into your life and maybe causing mayhem and chaos are there some lizards <laughs> so lizards are small from the scripture and they are easy to deal with but what does it teach us because lizards are small and they are easy to deal with them, we need to deal with them quickly are you with me you have to deal with the lizards quickly because there's a tendency to delay in dealing with the lizards because they are small so you take them for granted oh let them stay i know let's offer that there are times that you see some lizard and ignore the lizard isn't it how many of you have not how many of you have ignored a lizard before Not the lizard. <laughs> sometimes you just suck it to go. But you yourself, or sometimes you, when it just goes by the wardrobe, then you just leave it. You know be so. But Charlie, it is dangerous. <laughs> so I'm saying that are there some situations in our lives that are like lizards? They may be small and they are easy to deal with. But please, let's deal with them quickly. Amen. Let's deal with them quickly. It also teaches us that we should not overlook small things. Or we should not take small things for granted. Like I'm saying, if the seriousness with which you used to kill a lizard is different from the seriousness with which somebody who used to kill a snake. If somebody sees a lizard in the bedroom, and somebody sees a snake. If it is a snake, they'll, they'll call everybody to come and remove everything from the room to locate the snake and kill the snake. 
But if it's a lizard and it goes by the wardrobe or it even goes by the TV, you know, go think about them again. You know, be so. <laughs> but that is what the Bible is teaching us that let's not overlook small things. The same way you remove everything from the room to catch a dangerous animal, that's the same way you have to remove everything from the room to catch and kill the lizard. Because surprisingly, the lizard is more dangerous than that other animal that you call a lot of people to come and kill. It's more dangerous. It's more dangerous. But you own a small, own a bibio, own a lizard, Charlie. She just show more. Sanyo Bile. Alumino K. Sanyo Bile. So, and then the final, the final point I want to give you from this scripture. Give me the scripture again. Look at, look at it too. Lizards, easy enough to catch, but they sneak past vigilant palace guards. The most embarrassing thing is to be defeated by a small creature. That's the most embarrassing thing. Do you know that for some of these palace guards, in those, in those cultures, these palace guards, if somebody is able to penetrate their ranks and get even in the courtyard of the king, all those palace guards will be killed. Isn't it? Those palace guards will be killed. For allowing somebody to penetrate their ranks and get into the court of the king, they'll be killed. What it also means is that those same vigilant palace guards, if they let the lizard escape them or sneak past them to enter the court of the king, they must be killed. They must be killed. And how embarrassing for a vigilant palace guard to die because of a lizard. If something crying, the palace guard is going to die and he's dying because an assassin or a, a samurai or a, a ninja did some smoke and disappeared. And you understand that, Charlie? This one day it was above him, Charlie. He's trying best. Trying best. This is, a, this is the most skilled assassin in the whole world, Charlie. He's trying best. So if he's even being killed because of trying his best and he was outwitted by the chiefest of ninjas and samurais. I see that. Somebody, somebody, is being, somebody dies. Because, uh, John Wick kills somebody. Oh, Charlie. Oh, it's an honorable death. Isn't it an honorable death? <laughs> it's an honorable death. Charlie, who could escape John Wick? So, if John Wick kills somebody, Charlie, it's an honorable death. But for a lizard to cause somebody to be killed. <laughs> you see that that one is too embarrassing. It's too embarrassing. But that is what will happen to these vigilant palace guards. And that's what, that's what will happen to people if they don't catch the small lizards. If they don't deal with the small lizards quickly. That the small lizards will overpower them. And people wonder that, ah, what happened? What happened? What happened? May we not take little things for granted in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe you'll be blessed by today's message. I believe you receive some understanding that will help you to be a success in this year in Jesus' name. I want you to be on your feet and to pray. We want to pray that God will, God will give you discernment, wisdom and understanding to Take advantage of the little things, the little positive things. Yes, Lord. Talk to God right now. Talk to God. Mandala basata Hallelujah. 
we want to pray that God Himself will give the grace to catch the little foxes in the name of Jesus. Catch the little lizards yes, to overcome little sins. In Jesus' name, lift up your voice and pray. Pray for the little lizard. Father, we come before you. Lord, we pray for your wisdom and your discernment. Not to take for granted little things. Lord, whatever little thing we have to do in order to get great positive results, grant us the wisdom to do them in Jesus' name. And Lord, the little things we need to avoid, the little sleep, the little foxes, the little lizards, we pray, O oh God, in Jesus' name, that by your grace, we overcome them, we catch them, we avoid them, in the name of Jesus. Thank you that we experience the success that comes from you this year. In Jesus' name, have we prayed, and all the saints shall say, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a mighty clap, offering as you take your seats. Or give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. God bless you so much for receiving the word of God. God bless you for listening to the message. We believe you were blessed. Kindly subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages from Pastor Philip. Shalom.